1: Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. It's time for our weekly match preview. I'm Andrew Musgrove, joined as usual by John Gibson. And Brentford are the visitors to St. James's Park this weekend. As usual, we will look back on Newcastle's last result, the 4-1 win over Fulham, to see what it tells us potentially about this Saturday's game. And before we dive into that, John, I have got something
0: for you just here. uh, For you. Thank you. Welcome, this is your welcome letter to the Almiron Fan Club. Not quite yet, my friend, not quite yet. Uh, I I was anticipating this one today. You look like Almiron looking over there, you know, because you've got as big a smile as Almiron has. It'll be justified when it happens regularly, my friend. And by the way, I off hope it does, because we need that, and he was truly magnificent down the Fulham. But... Most of the team were magnificent down at Fulham because they, they, not taking anything away from the performance, but they were playing 10 men. Mitrovic should never have started. That was a joke. He was clearly unfit uh, and came off. And everything they touched turned to disaster. And mentally, they were shot. Uh, we took wonderful advantage of that. And that was the great thing. We were very clinical. Where in the past, we haven't been. Almoron was great. Scored a wonder goal. Scored a wonder goal last season. Didn't score another one, but he's got three this year. So wow, this is some season from him. But uh, I want to see him do it regularly for his sake, but above all else, for our sake, for Newcastle United's sake, um, <clears throat> because that is the sign of a good player. And I also want him to do it against a quality side like Man City, like Maxi did for 90 minutes when Maxi ran the show against quality opposition. He's got the potential, Willie. I'm not going to bet on it, but I'm going to hope for it.
1: I think the key word is consistency, and you could apply that to the likes of Sean Longstaff, to the likes of Joe Willick. Correct. To the likes of quite a few people on that team who played well on Saturday against Fulham, but we need to see it on a regular basis. Uh, just stopping with Almiron, as you said there, John, a tremendous goal. Wonder goal. And you've also this week called him the smiling assassin.
0: Yes, because normally he's just smiling. Um, because that's why he endears himself to everybody. He's got this wonderful ear smile and he works his socks off. But he was the assassin this week. No question about that whatsoever.
1: What do you think's changed? If while we well, weren't, I mean, now on not now we are seeing this guy... Two who... things.
0: The opposition changed, which was wonderful, because the opposition may give you a chance to play. You still gotta be able to play, but give you a chance to play. And the usual's changed. Eddie Howe. Uh, he's a different player under Howe than he is under uh, he was under Bush. Still got a lot of work to do, but this fella puts confidence in players we didn't particularly rate. Think of Emil Kraft, Think of Julenson. Joe Lind, well he's the, the above everybody he's the best example but if you think of Kraft if you think of Joe Willock he started every league and league cup game this season did he realise that? No that's, I didn't
1: until I read your piece so. that,
0: it, It's quite amazing really because he's put confidence in him he still hasn't scored goals but he's put confidence in him he's put confidence in, in Almiron and they look better for it and I think that's and also, of course, he's got the rest of the team playing, so that's helping them to to raise their standard. Um, the secret is, as we've said, at the level Newcastle are now at, and they've gone to seventh in the table, but they're around that seven to ten position in the table, normally, um, they've got to do better than they did the previous season, and then they've got to do better again next season. So they've got to keep stepping up, or they'll find people that will overtake them. Now, we
1: sat here before and you referenced the, the one that goal that Almiron scored uh, against Last Crystal season. Palace. Yeah. Yeah. And we sat here, well, I sat here and said, oh, this is the this is the beginning. And then, he, you know, he did it against Man City and I said the same. And then he, has, he does it and then he has weeks where he doesn't do it. I think his pressing, he has, has always been at a, a top level. He's really good at that, chasing the ball down. Sure. Scaring the defenders and, and, and playing it quickly. But it is the goals that he's lacking do you see him continuing to score goals this season? Or are you fearful that it will be won every three or four games? Well, you
0: are fearful because he's been here, what, three years? Three and a half years? Awesome, something like that, hasn't he? Aye, so, and we haven't seen anything that's consistent. And it's not just a matter of his goals. I'm looking at assists as well. And by the way, <laughs> you're saying that there's others... Every single Newcastle player, as far as goals are concerned, outside of Callum Wilson can do better than than they have been doing, because we haven't had a consistent goal scorer to threaten to get 10 goals a season, which isn't a great total, to threaten to get 10 goals in a season, apart from the, the, the fleeting time of Willock and then the fleeting time of Bruno when he was played higher up last season. and. Everybody can improve the record Not just Miggy. Um But when you work as hard as him When you're blessed with his pace You're thinking For goodness sake Miggy, Leave the blinkers in the dressing room When you run out at the start of a game And see the whole picture Because if you do You've got terrific potential um, And he has But did you notice well, the, 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 the stupendous goal he scored And he I went straight to the pitch side monitor to look at it. Now I'm not certain whether he was looking at how great it was or making certain it was Mickey that scored it because he couldn't believe his eyes. But um no the boy did terrific. We want to see him play like that. I'm not talking about scoring two goals, but play like that against Brentford and more consistently. But there again we'll talk about Maxi. As I've mentioned to you in the past, Andrew, the best way to become a good player is be out for a long time. Because people remember Maxi's a superstar. But Maxi in his last game against Wolves scored a wonder goal but was very average during the whole game. He needs to step up to the mark as well as Miggy etc.
1: Did Almiron mean that first goal?
0: Yes. It would be very disrespectful to suggest that he didn't. And the way he, he hit it with the outside of his boot and immediately turned away knew. to say he scored, he knew what he'd done. He knew what he did. It could have flown over the bar, man, but he meant it to be where it was, and sure enough, it nestled in the nest. So I've
1: had an influx of applications for <clears throat> the
0: Mickey Fan Club. Are you going to take yours up? No. He learned my membership, and uh, I pray to God that he does. Uh, but I was absolutely delighted to see it. I want to see it more often. Uh, because... We saw his wonder goal against Crystal Palace, and I'm not certain he kept up any sort of great standard after that. Uh, so, you know, let's hope he does.
1: Now, there were plenty of players who stepped up on Saturday against Fulham. We've mentioned Joe Willett, we've mentioned uh, Sean Longstaff there. And it was really nice to see because we have been quite critical and and and, and rightly so I think of, of Joe Willick on this podcast yes. because he hasn't lived up to that price tag. He hasn't lived up to the form, which was always going to be difficult. That he yes, first showed when he came the Newcastle, back, didn't he? but yes, but the performances have been below par. But against Fulham, you know, two assists. He was just looking really lively. It was the Joe Willick of old. Sean Longstaff had had a good game. Miggy, as i have mentioned there, but how much? do we need to carry that by and say, well, Fulham, we're down to 10 men for 80-odd minutes?
0: Well, I, I don't like saying that because they made the word for their own back. It was a shocking tackle. You don't do that. And it's no good saying, oh, well, you know, it happened because we were down to 10 men. You shouldn't have been sent off so early in the game. It doesn't matter if you do in the first minute or the last minute, you walk. You could have broke uh, Longstaff's leg. There's no question about that. They shouldn't have selected Mitrovic to start because he was so far off the pace it was untrue. Um, You know, he shouldn't have played Um, and they've been walking towards a game like that Fulham because they're not as good as they had looked to be in the early games that you're going to get a wake-up call. Um, So we've got to temper it slightly against... And, of course, they were demoralised. Down so early to 10 men, down so early to Wilson's goal. And then Mitrovic goes off. You're sort of putting the white flag up at that stage, aren't you?
1: Is there a case that while Fulham were maybe walking towards a result like that, Newcastle were also walking towards a result like that?
0: Well, what I saw... What thrilled me is that they made it count. They've played well this season... But haven't scored the goals. they've played well and we've come away and said the performance was decent you know, but in the final third we had no, we had no edge to our game. Here they were ruthless. they made a, they could have easily gone down the same path and not had goals etc etc. But two of the things we haven't mentioned in giving everybody the praise we have Andrew who they played against Fulham is that Bruno and Callum Wilson were back you know? What a difference that makes what because they're proper players Mm. what a difference i mean and by the way that little word that we're hoping miggy's got his english dictionary consistency is what bruno and callum wilson produce that's why they're the standout players they are consistent the others are up and down like a pogo stick
1: 100 percent. i mean wilson is just such just brings the team up a level as well.
0: Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. It's a different ball game with him mm. in.
1: <laughs>
0: and and the, the way it's not just his goals. And his goals' records, by the way, is superb. And it, Not only this season, where it's three and four starts, but over the whole time at Newcastle, he scores once every two games. Now, that's something. In, in, in the side he was originally playing in, feeding off crumbs. But it's not just his goals allows a number nine they're so important it's untrue especially at this club it's the way he runs the channels the way he occupies the centre-halves the way he plays between the, the two sticks it plays in the correct number nine fashion and that worries that worries the opposition and we haven't got another like that Wood can't do it he'll play between the sticks but he can't
1: play Well it's clear it. that the, the formation that Eddie Howe chooses is built to suit Callum Wilson and when he comes no, it's back it's built
0: to suit a good player it's not built to suit Callum Wilson Callum Wilson happens to be a good player it's built for a proper centre forward and Wood isn't a proper centre forward and Ajax who I've got a lot of time for and I think going to be an outstanding player for Newcastle but he's not an orthodox number nine and he will fit in with Wilson fine uh, in in up top in the front he'll fit in fine but he's not He's not a centre-forward in the way Wilson is, in the way Shearer was, in the way Supermac was, in the way Milburn was, Cole and Ferdinand. He's not that sort of centre-forward.
1: Slightly harsh on Chris Wood, isn't it? I mean, he is no. a proper centre-forward. He's just not built to that system that no, Newcastle no, play. He,
0: no, he's No, no, not at all. Not at all. Every single player in football has a level. And this is too high a level for Chris Wood.
1: But if you... If you play that formation and say you had. Have you seen his touch? Have you seen, uh, No, but this is the. But if you play that formation that Newcastle consistently no, it, play it, and you play someone like Chris Wood or Andy Carroll, they're not going to do the business. But if you
0: are. Andy in the, Carroll in and his pump would have done more of the business than Wood. In that system though? Yes, more. I didn't say he would be the top man, of course.
1: I um, think I think that's slightly harsh on Wood and, and we're getting away from the but I think we are. It, it, it doesn't we are. suit him that but, formation. <laughs>
0: I'm sick to death of hearing that as an excuse for wood. Playing that formation doesn't give him a bad touch. Playing that formation doesn't make him one paced Ability does that to him. playing to his strengths would... What are his strengths? When he heads the ball, nine times out of ten, it's from a standing jump. You can't beat a goalkeeper from a standing jump. You've got to be on the move. And his goals he scored, like at Tranmere, he was on the move. From a corner, he was running and flicked it in. When you're running, you can get the power. If you're standing still and you're going to jump straight up and down, you're really going to beat a decent keeper because you can't get the leverage. And no, I don't want to be hard on Chris because Chris is what he is and has made a very good career out of his limited ability for himself. He is just not for this club. And by the way, if. We play the style we're playing. It's no good for wood. Why did we spend twenty-five million on him?
1: I have asked that question because I do think it presents Newcastle with a little bit of a problem. If if Callum Wilson needs to come off or
0: he gets injured again, then would would it be okay for twenty minutes just to make a nuisance of himself at the end of the game? But if 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 why do you think we spent sixty million on on the Swedish boy? Because, because I don't think he's suited to that though either. No, he isn't. But he's suited better than no, he isn't. But I tell you what, he didn't look a bad player in that position at Liverpool. Um, it isn't his, I've already said it isn't his strength, but he can do it better than Wood can do it. He's more mobile, he's a more natural finisher, and he doesn't play in blinkers.
1: On to Willick again. Hmm. Now you wrote on chroniclelive.co.uk uh, on uh, Tuesday that he's proving quietly why he's an Eddie Howe favourite so just tell our listeners who maybe haven't seen the article a bit more about that take on on Joe Willock
0: yes the the interesting thing on Joe is that he came here as we all know recapping it very quickly he came here was an absolute sensation breaking from midfield scored in seven successive games a centre forward scoring in seven successive games would be sensational for a midfield player to do it was nothing short of unbelievable Um. And of course it makes a rod for your own back because the chances of, well you'll never do that again as a midfielder, but the chances of getting seven in a season from midfield would be good, but it's going to be tough. So you've made a rod for your own back. You then bought for over for 25 million from a club like Arsenal, there's huge expectation and... Behind the scenes, things weren't good. It was the old regime. When he come, he was a young boy, living away from home for the first time, stuck out in the wilds and of Northumberland. It all went pear-shaped from. him. It's been difficult this season because, first of all, if you if you accept the three-man midfield, and our man loves playing four-three-three, anyhow, so you know it's going to be a three-man midfield when everybody's fit. Joe Linton and Bruno's going to hold down two of the positions. So you've got one position. You've got Willett going forward. You've got Longstaff going forward. And you've got Anderson pressing to get a chance in there. So he's got loads and loads and loads of competition. He's not scoring. He hasn't got one this season. So life's difficult for him. He's also under pressure every week. He's not only under pressure from Longstaff he's under pressure from an emerging Anderson and that pressure's going to get a lot higher because Anderson's going to be knocking on the doors and come January he could be under pressure from James Madison and I haven't mentioned yet the Cherry's on the way back so the, the pressure you're under for that third midfield position is huge now I haven't been convinced by him all season the thing I was pointing out was that Eddie Howe has been Eddie Howe has not only started him in every Premier League game, but in the League Cup at Tranmere as well. He's started every single match Newcastle have played this season. That I think has gone under the radar of a lot of people. You know, haven't quite realised that he has started that number of games. So, what? Why do you think
1: he's he's backing him? What do you think he's he's seeing in him? Because, mean, well, I know me, I would I would have dropped him. Definitely after the Bournemouth game I wouldn't have played him against Fulham Yeah, Uh, I I would have maybe dropped him out before then as well
0: Yeah, I've said the same I'm not as convinced as Eddie Howe is but Eddie Howe has got a tune out of all sorts of people that we didn't think there was a tune in there Um, He's athletic he gets round the pitch in a way that, say, Shelby can it and, and doesn't so he's athletic he's got a good eye he links with other players well um, and you keep believing that he can finish if a, if a chance comes um, but if it's hard now it's going to get harder because Longstaff is plugging away and wants to start and scored at Fulham and he wants to get his feet in there, Anderson you won't be able to keep the reins on him for much longer, he can play wide but he's not a wide player You've got Shelby coming back, who was liked by the manager, and we could buy Madison. So it's going to get mighty tough in there this season. We've talked about how important it was for Miggy and
1: Longstaff to score goals against, following the confidence that'll give them. How important was it that Joe Willick got a couple of assists?
0: Yes, um, it's important for his confidence as far as the public eye is concerned. He's got great confidence given to him by the manager he believes in the manager passionately, uh, he believes the manager believes in him, which is much more important that you actually feel your manager hates you, but he does have the wider public as well as his teammates to um, placate and with the fans the adulation of his seven goals in seven games has not been reached again in fan eyes. And he wants he's not he's a young man making his way in the game, he's only twenty three. He wants to he wants to get the fans wholly on his side. I mean he must look. When he plays that midfield and he has every game, Andrew, he must look at Bruno and Joe Linton and think Look at the fan adulation. I mean, am I I on a hiding to nothing here? Those two are adored. There's there's shirts being worn with their faces on it by fans, etc., etc. The two Brazilian boys are the boys. But he might also think, and I hope he does, I know when Joe Linton was getting stick and look what he is now. So it can change It can change
1: Again Consistency Key there And we need to see Joe Willick Maintain this level Of performance In the, in the totally. weeks to come Totally How important was it For Newcastle To pick up a win Against Fulham To go into Saturday oh. against Brentford In good spirits On the back, back of a win
0: Oh I mean We cannot say enough How important it was Because had they Not It would have been One win in eight Then you play Brentford and Manchester United win, uh, you're you're certainly counting up how many games you've played with only one win. Now, you're flipping the the stats totally on the head and saying Newcastle's only lost one out of eight and there's only Manchester City lost fewer. So all of a sudden we've gone in one match from talking about we've only had one win all season to have only had one defeat all season and there's only Manchester City who are unbeaten and we stopped them winning against us by the way as you well know and almost beat them at 3-1 there's only Manchester City that's had less defeats and our defeat was in the 98th minute at Liverpool
1: It sets Saturday up really nicely in terms of atmosphere it's going to be first game kind of after the 12 months to mark the 12 month uh, takeover anniversary so there's going to be a massive flag display I think there'll be a real party atmosphere and I think winning against Fulham will have accelerated that as well oh, I think the it atmosphere had totally the mood, changed.
0: Lifted the mood of the fans and of the team Newcastle put one wrong to right at Fulham which was they'd only won one game all season and that was on the opening day and they had deserved better but you, it's alright deserving it you've got to go out and do it they'd only won one they've the righted that wrong and they've got a right a wrong on Saturday and the wrong they've got a right is the fact that in the last two home games they've drawn with very mediocre opposition in Crystal Palace and Bournemouth by Premier League standards they are not big hitters we would be expected to beat them at St James's Park, and we didn't. We've got to right that wrong against another club that's not a big hitter. Not Dodos. There's virtually no one outside of Nottingham Forest in the Premier League that are Dodos. Uh, But they're not Dodos. But if you don't beat these sides at home, who do you beat? So they've got to go and beat Brentford. And I was about to say, and they will. But I said that against Bournemouth and I said that against Crystal Palace.
1: Well, we both said we were fearing the result against Fulham. So maybe if we go down that route, the gods <laughs> will work again in the favour they did on I Saturday. I'd
0: say I'm fearing the result against Brentford at home because I'm not.
1: Um, we're getting on to Brentford and the team Newcastle my play in a moment. Just a quick reminder to please like and follow the podcast. It's totally free to do. Just means with every new episode we upload you'll get a notification to say it's ready to listen or download. i um, have got plenty of great content coming up this week, including the TakeOver special, uh, where a, f- a panel of fans have uh, told me about their feelings towards the Newcastle United owners, getting rid of Mike Ashley end of the year. That's, you know, been under this ownership. Uh, we'll have, obviously, the podcast after the game on Saturday as well. You can also leave a rating and review. This is really key and helps... The podcast get out to a wider audience and john i just thought i'd read out this review that someone's left on apple podcasts um i haven't written it i'm assuming you haven't written it because it's all about you um oh, so i don't know if i want to hear this but carry on it's a good one it's a good these are the kind of uh, reviews that we like so the title just says love gibbo Okay, so that's how, that's the summing up.
0: Well, I, I didn't write it by the way.
1: Uh, absolutely <laughs> love the shows with Gibbo. Lost my granddad a couple of years ago, and when I listen to Gibbo, it just reinstates. It just resonates with me. I can almost hear my granddad speaking. Keep up the good work, lads. Crack and show. So uh, that's a lovely review. It is. And it is. Um, if you've got anything you want to say about the podcast, you can leave reviews on Spotify or Apple. Um, we'll take constructive ones as well. We love to hear your feedback. Before we get on to the potential team, John, against Brentford, I just want to point our listeners in the direction of a survey that we're running on chroniclelive.co.uk. Now, this episode is coming out on Thursday morning as usual, and this survey will close Thursday afternoon, so you'll have to be quick. The link will be in the description for the podcast. There is six questions, just um, multiple choice questions about the last 12 months. If you can just fill it in, click Submit. We're trying to get a real rounded picture of how you guys are feeling about the ownership you may have heard the special podcast with Newcastle fans tv sam mulner which came out on wednesday afternoon he's gone through the questions and shared his view but we want your view as well and i'm going to get john's view as well and a couple of questions i'm not going to go through all of them john mm. but i'm going to ask you a couple of the of the questions here listed so we'll start with uh, the best new signing of the new re- regime and i'll i'll read out the the options so we have Trippier, gamaresh pope Botman,
0: Isaac, Byrne, Howe, or Dan Ashworth. Good gracious me. Yes, it's not just on the pitch. Um, well, where is there a failure in there? That, that, the, the best way to sum up um, the one year we've had is that major decisions made have, in the main, been absolutely excellent. Bob Paisley was the first to say to me, you never get everything right. The secret's to get most things right. You can't get everything right. Uh, but when you look at that list, we've gone very, very close to getting everything right. Uh, I mean, without having had any time to think about it, the two thing, the two people that would stand out for me is Eddie Howe, because he had to turn things around. He wasn't necessarily the popular choice uh, because he'd only made a reputation at Bournemouth. He wasn't the first choice. Because we know that the old Arsenal manager was the first choice, but he was the perfect choice, as it turned out, and has done a brilliant job here. And then the next, I've got to say, would be Trippier, because he was the first to nail his colours to the mast, and I tell you what, that was difficult. And he was an England international, had played in finals, he just won La Liga, and he came to Newcastle United and God bless him for doing that because that opened the door but you could then go Trippier you could then go through everybody else and say not what each one could justify winning that competition but I would have to go for Howe because he was first in and then Trippier because he was the first player through the door and without people like that smashing the door down the rest wouldn't have come Mm -hmm. through
1: target not mentioned in that list I think he probably deserves to at the very least be be mentioned mm. Chris Wood well um, yeah we know how you feel about
0: well there's, as I said you get most right in in Newcastle United have got most right
1: and the other question I'll ask you then John and you've kind of alluded to it there but the best decision the owners have made so appointing Eddie Howe the boardroom appointments mm. Shiraz Bar the transfer signings the training ground redevelopments or removing the sports direct signs straight away I'll go for boardroom appointments. I think getting Dan Ashworth in, getting Darren Eels in, getting people in who are good at their job, and you know that's their sole focus. in either be whether it be commercial or whether it be you yep. know, improving I'm the economy. I academy. follow all
0: that. And as I say, the, the wonderful thing is that we're having this conversation because it shows how successful the year has been. Because you could make a case out for any of those people winning. But I mean, I'm just going to go back to the basics. Because I remember, not just Ashley, but I remember doing nothing since 1969 in terms of trophies, despite having KK and Bobby Robson, and 55 in terms of domestic trophies. And the biggest decision is the first decision. If you got your manager wrong, Dan Ashworth might not come, Yields might not come, certainly Trippier and Bruno and everybody that's coming now might not come get your manager wrong Do we not know that did we not know that by the previous manager get a managerial appointment wrong and you struggle and that was a chance let us be truthful it's easy with hindsight now to say eddie how terrific young manager took bournemouth from the fourth division the old fourth tier to the premier league bloody bloody Blah, great manager he also was the manager that didn't quite do it at Burnley and got the sack at Bournemouth. Oh, how on earth? That, but he did, and he was out of a job. Brave appointment for a club this size, and the right appointment. If you get the first one right, it's like building bricks, the others come in. Get the first one wrong, and the rest don't matter. I'll go for how.
1: Yeah, get those foundations right, and then you can Absolutely. build the rest of Without the Without
0: how, building. we would be talking a whole different ballgame.
1: So there are... A few other questions on that survey. Like I say, it will close at some point on Thursday afternoon. So if you listen to this on Thursday morning, hit that link in the podcast description. Help <laughs> us out. Spend five minutes filling it in. We really do appreciate it. Um on to Brentford then. John, as we've said there, really important that Newcastle came into this weekend with a win because of marking the twelve month anniversary of the takeover. You know, I I did lost it would have hit the atmosphere, I think. So it's good that they're coming in, in good spirits. Going to be a brilliant flag display, uh, and, and hope. By the way, I'm
0: looking forward to that again after the last home game, when naturally we didn't have it. I understand why, but you only miss something, you know, when it's you gone. You only miss the missus when she's gone, uh, and uh, it was awful, uh, awfully flat. It won't be flat on Saturday.
1: No, and I'm not going to spoil it, but. They've been working on it since the the start in oh, national break. They do, and it is going to be huge. It is going to be massive. It is going to be hopefully one of the best ones they've done so far. And considering what they've done, War I was Lags, going to say
0: they've done some wonderful
1: yeah, things. but this one, if it all comes off, is going to be extra extra special. So good Saturday is going to be going to be brilliant. Um, the starting eleven against Fulham then was Pope, Trippier, Cher, Botman, Byrne. Longstaff, Gamresh, Willick, Almiron, Wilson, and Murphy. Uh, I think we go straight to that centre back pairing. You know, there was a lot of discussion, there has been a lot of discussion over the last couple of weeks about who really starts with Fabian Cher because Fabian Cher yeah. seems to be the number one pick.
0: Yeah, yes, he does.
1: Uh, it was Botman. maybe helped by the fact that Matt Target seems to still be struggling a little bit with, with the, the, the dead leg he picked up uh, mm. against Manchester City, wasn't it? Um, so, uh, if Target is fit, does he come back in at left back? And then does Byrne come back in for Botman, Or do you keep sharing Botman, Or even if Target's fit, do you just
0: keep the same back four? No, I I... Burns got a heart the size of a frying pan I love him and Newcastle fans have always loved two types of players in particular the huge flare player and that's either a midfielder who can flick the ball all over the shop or a centre forward who can flick the ball all over the shop into the net And um, so they, they've always loved flare players or players with a huge heart if you're both that's magnificent as Shiva was etc etc and And Burn fits into that big heart. He's not a left back. He does an adequate job. He'd do an adequate job, and he'd go up front in that system where you can't play uh, and still do a decent job. Better than Chris Wood. Sorry. Better than Chris Wood. You would do better than Chris Wood on a good day. I'll tell you. Take that as a compliment. <laughs> uh, no, that's a, that's unfair. That was just flip because it's fun and you have got to have some fun. But Burns not a left back. He's not even built to be a left back, is he? When you look at him, the one position you would say he doesn't play because he's the size of Grace Monument, and 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 you've got to get your legs going, etc., etc. And you think how good you're going to be on the overlap, you know? Trent Alexander Arnold he's not going to be. Going forward, but he's going to be better defensively, and so no, I would. The interesting thing, you know, in that article I did with Willick you're talking about at the end of that, I talked about, you know, how pl- managers have faith in players, and Willick is one of those players started every game. Byrne, in the league, has started every game bar one, which he come on as a sub because he's when Botman's come in, he's been shunted to left back. The he is loved by the manager. Absolutely, no question. And you know what was interesting on Saturday? Did you notice? And you will have done, but I'm just bringing your attention to it. That he was played. We we we, we will accept out of position at left back. He's not a left back. And there was three orthodox left backs on the, on the subs bench. Domit, Lewis, and Target. There was three. Left backs on the sub's bench and burns started left back ahead of anything. Of now, if you're Burn you're going to be well thrilled because that's the faith the man just got. If you're a left back, you're going to say, Flipping, it, where am I in the pecking order here? Center halves are getting the left back position ahead of me. So, no, I wouldn't. If target is match fit or match sharp, you could, there's a big difference. I would bring target back and I, you've it's some stage Eddie's got to bite the bullet about Buckman and, and, and uh, Byrne. And good luck to him. We've only lost one all season. He's getting a lot right, isn't he? But at some stage, that is something that's got to be solved.
1: Because, of course, whoever is playing at centre-back will have Ivan Tony to deal with. Yeah, that,
0: that, could finding have a, great form. That, that could have have an influence on who you pick to play there. So who are you picking then? I'm not much bothered because they're both good players um, you might pick Byrne to physically combat muscle for muscle with Tony um, but then again I thought you would—you could have done that for Mitrovic as it happened it didn't matter because Mitrovic was lucky to be on the field um, so I would bring Target back and I would then just go a Buckman, and let him choose, it doesn't really matter. The You're job sitting on the fence the... there, John. No, it doesn't matter. Because often, the only thing that matters is Eddie Howe, not us. And you never get an Eddie Howe side. Who would have picked that Eddie Howe side? To... By the way, with injuries, we didn't know who's available, and we still don't this week. We still don't know for certain who's available. And he won't tell you on his Friday press conference, because he doesn't. And that's okay. But who would have picked that side who would have picked Byrne left back ahead of target Newcastle fan I mean down at Fulham so the only thing that matters is what he picks but I, um, it's not a matter of sitting on the fence if you want me to choose between Wood or anybody else up front I'll choose but I, it's a compliment to both that if I saw Bachman on the team sheet and Burn out or I saw Burn on the team sheet and Bachman out when I go to the ground at 2 o'clock on Saturday I wouldn't be unhappy so on that,
1: then, that in your view, they must be the the same level, or
0: no, they're different. Botman's the better footballer. Byrne is the more aggressive defender. Um, so it, I think, with Eddie, it'll often be horses for courses. Who you up against? If I've got to battle a physical centre forward, then I'll put Byrne in. If I've got to play a tricky. Clever centre forward, say Firmino, yeah, it, it Liverpool. Liverpool yeah. Then you play Botman. But then, so
1: looking at Tony, which section does he fit yeah, in? Because he's question, quite, because he he's, physical, he's, but he's lean. He's not muscly no, as in he terms he's, of he's,
0: Mitchell um, He's quality. There's no question about that. Um, you'd be tempted to go with Burn, but I, but I think the future of the club's going to be Botman from newcastle united's point of view mm.
1: i'd like to say bottman tested up against someone like tony You know, where he gets a, a good foot race where he has to be that little bit of physical presence you know he has to be good in the air because tony is good at all of that yes so at some point you know we saw bottman against Haaland and it was very early on and harland you know you know had him for dinner
0: he'll have most people by He will do
1: harland. But then you look at the kind of the next level down. You go well, Tony's one of the best strikers in the Premier League. So he got He's got The only way Botman's going to get better and better is by testing himself against these top top centre backs. And as you Absolutely. say, Botman is going to be the future. So put him up against Tony and uh, say, well, that's the man you've got to stop. In-
0: interesting, isn't it? That it's Tony and Wilson on Saturday. Two England wannabes. Uh, they're both. Um, Wilson wants to get back in the England squad. In England, squad, he would be in automatically if he was regularly fit. He would be the understudy, in my opinion, to Harry Kane, but he won't be at the World Cup because he, he can't stay fit. And Tony's in the squad but not in the team and is desperate to get in the team, so it's two England wannabes. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, the game on Saturday is not about Tony coming back to Newcastle. It's about, thank goodness, we've got Wilson back in my lineup because we have a different prospect. If we were talking about playing Brentford without Wilson, You'd be f- we'd be looking at it as a totally different ballgame.
1: Looking at the midfield, so as I said, it was Longstaff, Gumarish and Willick. Now, Joe Linton had picked up an injury, so Eddie Howe said he wanted to protect them. You would hope and think Joe Linton would be fit to go, but then Willick and Longstaff did so well... Could you see Juliet come back in personally? I, I can't because I think he's been the most consistent performer this oh, I season. Well, think,
0: I think if he is fit and free, like he's training all this week, yeah, not just Thursday and Friday or, or a little one. If he is, because if that's the case, if he's at all off the pace, you can afford to go again with Longstaff, Willick, and Bruno. But if he's on blob, he gets in. There's absolutely no question whatsoever he gets in if he's on Blob um,
1: who does he come in for is it Longstaff
0: <laughs> probably I would think probably I would think because I've just mentioned it he's never dropped Willock yet did Willock play badly enough to be dropped you could argue that Longstaff, Longstaff, Longstaff yeah exactly but he hasn't picked Longstaff all season has he yeah. and he's, he's Longstaff's been available to be picked he's mm. picked Willick ahead of Longstaff so I think he wouldn't drop Willock on Saturday and I think Sean Longstaff could come unlucky because he played well and scored but if Joe Linton's available I think he'll go Joe Linton Bruno and Willock
1: and Shelby's meant to be ahead of schedule as well so we, we don't know 100% sure whether Saturday will come too soon for him but he might be there or there he'll never back.
0: start in a month of Sundays he, when he does come back in he'll come in we'll by the bench him in. he'll never start straight off no
1: um any shout, Anderson, maybe to get ahead of Willick, Longstaff, Joe Linton.
0: He, he, he won't on Saturday. Uh, I, I've trumpeted Anderson for so long, but he won't he won't start on Saturday. That's a certainty. It's, any chance of starting on Saturday was spoilt by Longstaff and Willick down at Fulham and Maggie doing what he did out wide. If you look at that side, he could get in for Murphy.
1: Well that was my next question, so it was Almiro on Wilson Murphy, but then
0: I think some Maximum will be in yeah. some Maximum will come in for Murphy.
1: Murphy didn't do a bad job actually against Fulham. After all the criticism we've given he's, him, it was his best
0: performance in a long, long while. But he's not he's not but up the to the it. standards yeah. low and he's not good enough it's harsh, but football football's harsh.
1: And of course there's Fraser as well, who was on the bench.
0: If, absolutely. But Maxi will come in ahead of both of him. Um and Murphy's struggling to stay at this club
1: so you would have Almiron, Wilson and then and then St Maxim and if and i I I expect St Maxim as you say John to be back yeah and then you do have to look at the at the bench so the bench against Fulham didn't have an out and out striker on it
0: no had wood
1: no uh, he did have wood so did he did wood. sorry <laughs> sorry but oh you were my right God. the first time the sorry Chris sorry <laughs> I was looking at it, thinking, "Where's he gone after? <laughs> <laughs> he was
0: there, yes. You, you, your But I, I know the point. Yeah, I mean, he, he obviously wasn't 100% fit no, in because... the same way as Joe Linton wasn't. I mean, they were there in case of a dire emergency, but they were obviously not 100% fit because, if you remember, we took off Wilson and we played without the centre forward,
1: which was going to be my point.
0: But then, we played without the centre forward down there. Yeah. Uh, for the, at the end of the game, the game was won. It was dead, and, uh, you know. But uh, yes,
1: let me try and rescue my original point, being that when you have a bench like that with Chris Wood on, uh, there's a, you you don't have a striker who can really change a game. I don't think. No. So you you're relying on Callum Wilson. You know whether he's just playing for an hour, whether they, you know he plays for seventy five minutes to be clinical. In that first half, that first half I mean, hour. the odds are
0: he's not going to play for 90 minutes on no. Saturday. But hopefully the game will be done. That's why we need Isaac. Because even if, if he played out wide in a, in a front three, you know, when he's fully fit with Wilson, if you bring Wilson off, you can shoot him to centre forward and bring in one of your many wide men that you would have on the bench. We need Isaac. Big time. And it's £60 million. <laughs> so we should. I mean, he hasn't been bought for the bench. Um, but he would cover that centre-forward position. It, we, we haven't got a goal-scoring centre-forward to back up Wilson.
1: Talking about being clinical, there's a good chance that Wilson will get that chance against Brentford because they do concede goals. They also have scored 15, but they've conceded 12. They kept their uh, clean sheet against Bournemouth in their last game, nil nil. And it was uh, their first clean sheet in quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thomas Frank was quite happy with the fact that they uh, kept that clean sheet. What are you expecting from Brentford on,
0: on Saturday? I'm expecting uh, it to be competitive. I'm expecting them to come with a game plan, as all, all sides do when they come up here. Keep it tight, frustrate the crowd. If you get to anywhere like an hour, Newcastle don't score a pile of goals at home. Yes, they scored three against Man City. That was the exception, like miggy's wonder goal was. Uh, keep it tight, frustrate. You can frustrate them, and you can get a draw for certain. Um, so, And they will come with enough confidence. They're not down at the bottom like Forrest. They've, they come up last season and stayed up with a huge input from Ericsson, who's now gone but they they will come with confidence but not the confidence we have Um, and we should make it pay if we don't win on Saturday I will eat my hat and so have a look at the cap that's on the top because it'll be gone because I've, I've been convinced we'd beat Palace, Now convinced we'd beat Bournemouth, and I'm convinced we'll beat Brentford. We didn't near the two. Surely, to goodness, we do this time.
1: I mean, you can be convinced, but that's quite the uh, wager.
0: Well, only if you think you're going to lose. <laughs> uh, and uh, I don't think we'll I'm be getting emails saying we need to see evidence he's eating his hat, you know. If we well, lose. I will have custard on it, but uh, yes.
1: No, I think Newcastle will win on Saturday. I think the atmosphere off the pitch as well, heading, heading into. Three o'clock on Saturday will provide an extra boost, and then potentially having St Maximum back as well is gonna lift it up yeah. the levels on the pitch even higher. And also you mentioned it there Wilson will have a point to prove with Tony
0: being the opposite striker. Oh yeah, yeah. There's yeah. so well, lots he, of elements here. You he saw off Mitrovic, the the ex Newcastle player. Although I've got to stress, you know, it was was very silly to play him, um, because it was obviously unfit but he saw him off and he's got to see Tony off (coughs) and to be truthful I mean the only reason you would take Tony ahead of Wilson is the fitness is on fitness Uh, and possibly on age because he's going to have a longer career but on ability and on scoring goals Wilson is have a look at Wilson's figures overall for Newcastle one and two I mean, I know he's got three goals and four starts this season, but you can have a little spurt like that. But he's got 20-odd and 40-odd for Newcastle. That is a tr- In a side that's not been ripping the backside out of clubs, you know, he's not playing for Man City.
1: For a player who's not really been playing either, he's not, he's not probably 100% fit, match fit, you would argue. But yeah, a fantastic... Uh, record. Yeah, absolutely. Just have to hope he keeps fit because he is probably the difference for Newcastle. United. i looking forward to seeing him back. He, in he black and will. Light. He
0: will be disappointed when he doesn't go to Qatar. I'll be thrilled a bit because yeah. he's have given six weeks rest.
1: I'm just looking forward to seeing him back at St James's Park in front of a full house. It's going to be, it's going to be great. And fingers crossed, he comes through unscathed and with a couple of goals in the bag as well. So there's me and John predicting a win for
0: Newcastle this oh, Saturday without a shadow of a doubt. I must get it right eventually Newcastle well you're
1: going to have to now you've said you're going to eat your hat.
0: well with custard it's not so bad but uh, yeah I think we will win on Sunday I'm not meaning it's going to be a stroll in the park like Fulham was but we'll win I remember that the, fir- the first game that Eddie Howe took charge of it was from
1: his hotel was room Brentford. wasn't it 3-3 It It was a, it was a uh, he
0: was in his hotel room yeah, wasn't
1: he he was he was it was a
0: entertaining
1: game a strange
0: yeah, would, one 3-3 on Saturday would not be entertaining for me no it one would be nil the win. Wrong nil. Result. I'd rather have much rather have one nil in three three.
1: Um, well, that's been the everything is black and white podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. I'll point you in the direction of yesterday's episode with Sam Mulner from Newcastle Fans TV, all about our big Newcastle United takeover survey. He went through the answers, so tune into that and film the survey um if you get the chance. And on Friday morning, we'll be releasing, as I mentioned earlier, a special takeover podcast. Where a panel of fans have delivered their views on the last 12 months on the controversy of Saudi ownership, the best things that the owners have done, and much, much more. It'll be me, my, me and Aaron Stones uh, going through. Aaron Stokes, or I don't know who Aaron Stones is.
0: No, he didn't play Sunday off for Manchester, did he? <laughs> <laughs> That's his
1: brother. Um, Aaron Stokes going through. Uh, The last 12 months are under this new ownership. We have to stop calling it new ownership as well, John, because it's it's no longer new. But tune into that when it drops. And thank you very much for popping on, John, to this podcast. And thank you very much, guys, for listening. Uh, Head over to chroniclelive.co.uk to keep a date with all the latest Newcastle United news.